All right. So there's a lot of similarities to what Pastor Mark preached, but I did not know what he was going to say on Sunday. <laughs> so it's it's God. <laughs> All right. Romans chapter 3, verse uh, 27 to 31 says, Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It's, it's based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith, not by obeying the law. After all, is God, is God God of the Jews only? Isn't he also the God of the Gentiles? Of course he is. There is only one God, and he makes people right with himself only by faith, whether they are Jews or Gentiles. Well then, if we emphasize faith, does this mean that we can forget about the law? Of course not. In fact, only then do we have faith, only when we do have faith, we truly, do we truly obey the law. So can we boast about salvation that we did anything to be accepted by God? No, we cannot. If you think about it, um, if we, if we, if we boasted the, about, about it, or if it was about us, then church would pretty much look like, um, corporate offices. When you think about it, uh, in, in corporate office, offices, people are fighting to get to the top. People are, um, some are acting better than others because of their achievements. Others are backstabbing each other, lying and doing all these things just so that they can get to the top. But thankfully, it is only by faith and not by works that we, that we earn our salvation. In verse 8 to 9 says, for by the grace for by grace you have been saved through faith, and, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should, should boast. Galatians six fourteen says, but, but God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom, the, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. According to Galatians three nineteen, the purpose of the law was to show people that their sinful actions are offenses against God. It was designed to last only until the promised Messiah. The Jews were all about obeying the law. They observed the Sabbath, they fasted, they prayed, they, they, um, they prayed at required times, they followed all the rituals, they tithed, they, do, they did all these things that you can think of that was required of them. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with doing these things because it was required of them. The only problem was that to them it was just a routine. It, was, it wasn't about faith in God or, uh, or trying to have a relationship with God. To them, it was, all, it was just a routine, and it was all about works. They believed that as long as they did what the law required of them, then they, uh, then they were righteous before God. They honored the Mosaic law, which was given by God, yet they rejected Jesus himself. And when you think about it, that's what we are seeing today. So many people calling themselves Christians, yet their actions are clearly rejecting Jesus. And when you think about the Jews, they clearly reject uh, like books, uh, ch- chapters like Isaiah 53, which talks about the coming of the Messiah, who would be despised and rejected by his own people. And that's what's happening in churches today, where, where we see people um, allowing homosexual pastors to come preach in front of people. And we clearly know that the word of God is a, it's against, against homosexuality. So they are choosing to reject Jesus, yet they still want to call themselves Christians. So uh, my first point is, we can fool people, but we cannot fool God. 
it doesn't matter how perfectly we try to follow the laws of God. At some point, actually, at many points, we all fall short of his glory. Romans 3.10 says, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It is only by faith and the power of Christ within us that we can live a life that is pleasing to God. So verse 28 in Romans, uh, as we read, says, So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. So my question is, are you, are you doing good deeds, you know, that is following commandments and obeying the laws instead of following the leading of God? The Bible has made it clear that it, it's not a, it, that it is not by obeying the law that we are made right with God. It is by, it is by, it, it's through faith. The Pharisees were perfect examples of law keepers. They, they worked hard to keep the laws. They even condemned those that did not do the same. But sadly, they really did not know God. They had no relationship with him. God does not look at our outward uh, actions to determine our salvation. He looks at our hearts. Many people are so busy trying to live a righteous life. And, I, and Pastor Jay talked about it when he last preached, how there's so many people trying to do all these good things, but they have neglected the most important thing, which is their faith in God. It is only through faith that we can develop that intimacy with Christ. Matthew 23, uh, 23 to 28 says, What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even to the tiniest income of your herb gardens, but you ignore the most important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more, the more important things. Blind guides, you strain, you strain your water so that you won't accidentally swallow the nut, but you, sw- you swallow a camel. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious laws and Pharisees? Hypocrites, for you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. You, you blind Pharisee, first wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, you, you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with, uh, on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. Man, may, may that not be said of us. May God look at us and say that we are, we, we are following his ways. Like the Pharisees, we can memorize scripture, we can be good teachers, we can, we can do all these good things like, and look beautiful, like the, like the scripture says, look beautiful on the outside, but be filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurities. Remember, God does not look at our actions. He looks at our heart conditions. First Samuel 6 to 17, For the Lord does not see as man sees, For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. When our hearts are right with God, we will do what honors him. We will do godly things and not good things. And there's a very huge difference. Godly, good, very different. Keep your hearts with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. You can be so busy helping the poor because the Bible tells us to do that, but then neglect what God has called you to, to do. Being in the will of God is the best place to be. Like I said, you can be doing good things. You can be out there helping the poor. You can be uh, doing all sorts of good things. You know, being here at church on Sunday, every Sunday, serving and doing wonderful things. 
But then you're not doing what God has called you to do. And when you get before God, he will judge you for what you are called to do. Proverbs 6, 2 says, All the ways of man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits. Matthew 6, 1, Take heed that you do not do charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So you may be asking, but faith without works is dead. And yes, you're right, because James 2.26 says, for as, a body, for as a body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Just knowing, God, just knowing the laws, but not having an actual relationship with God through faith, then really that's not how it works. We have to, we have to, know, we have to know the laws and have a relationship with God. These works that, that, that we have are, are uh, evidence of salvation. When, when you're saved and when you have faith in Christ, the works are not, they, they're not just work-based salvation anymore. It becomes evidence of your salvation. Some people take this scripture out of context and create work-based, uh, work-based system of righteousness. When we get saved, God gives us a new heart. He puts a new spirit within us which causes us to walk in obedience to him. Ezekiel 36, 26 to 27 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out, the heart of, stone out, of, your, out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And that's the part I want you to think about. He says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. That means... If you're just obeying the laws and doing all these things that God has told you to do, but then you don't have the Spirit of God within you, then really you, you're, you're just doing them. You'd, it's not because you have a desire. It's just an act. Faith without works is dead because it reveals a heart that has not been transformed. Knowing the Scripture from beginning to the end will not get you to heaven. Appearing righteous before men will not get you to heaven. Work-based salvation will not get you to heaven. The only way to heaven is through Christ. I like what Pastor Matt said on Monday about a fruit that looks good, tastes good, but it's toxic. So we should all ask ourselves, everything about us may look good. On the outside, we may be doing all the right things. We may be serving. We may be coming to church every Sunday. We may be doing all these good things that when people look at us, they're like, wow, that's a really good Christian. But when God looks at you, what does he see? When he looks into your heart, does he say, well done, good and faithful servant? Saul, before his name was changed to Paul, was one of the best examples you can think of, of uh, of those Jews who are really good at obeying the law. They were adamant about keeping the law, yet they did not know God. He, Paul, uh, Saul had intensively studied the law for a long time. He even persecuted Christians in the name of obeying the law, the very same law of God. Acts 22, 1-5 says, Brethren and fathers, hear my defense before you, before you now. And when they heard he spoke to them in Hebrew language, they kept all the most silent. Then he said, I am indeed a Jew, born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this this city at the feet of Gamaliel, taught according to the strictest of our father's law, and was zealous towards God. I want you to catch that part. It says, he was was taught according to the strictest of the father's law, and was zealous towards God. 
He was zealous towards God. And at the same time, he was killing Christians. He was killing followers of Christ. See how we can be so mistaken where we think that, oh man, I am serving God, I am living for God. But at the same time, you're dishonoring God with your actions. So we have to be careful. Again, good versus godly. We have to be careful. Like Saul, we too can live lives that are not honoring to God, all the while telling ourselves that we are serving God and living for him. It wasn't until Saul's encounter with God through the power of the Holy Spirit on his way to Damascus that his, eyes were, that his spiritual eyes were opened and he realized that he had been persecuting Jesus in the name of serving God. Uh, uh, verse 6 to 7 says, Now it happened as I journeyed, as I journeyed and came near Damascus at about noon, suddenly a great light from heaven shone around me, and I fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? After this happened, then Jesus, after this happened, then Jesus led uh, Paul to a man named uh, Ananias. He was sold in, uh, to a, a man named Ananias, who told him uh, in verse 12, "The God our fathers have chosen you that you should know His will." See, all along, Paul thought he was doing the will of God. But it's not until now when he's encountered Jesus that God told him that he has chosen him, that he should know his will. Be careful, people. Be careful not to think that you're in the will of God because you're doing good things. Well, all all along, you're not even in the will of God. Good versus godly. Think about that. Paul had been deceived all along, thinking he was living for God. Matthew seven twenty one to 23 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. To me, that's one of the most scary scriptures. I, I don't want to live my life thinking I'm in the right path and then get to heaven and I hear him say, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You can, like I said, you can know the whole law like, like Saul did and you can work hard to keep the commands but without the power of Christ within you, you cannot know the will of God. It's only by faith in Christ that this is possible. Trying to do it in your own way will all be in vain. Which leads me to my next point. Are you trying to do things in your own way, which is the human attempt? Or are you letting the Holy Spirit lead you to do his will? Many Christians out there are doing things their own way, and they claim that God is leading them. When we try to do things our own way, we won't gain the victory that God has for us. We will see fruits, uh, we will see fruits either whether we live by the Spirit or in our own flesh, we will see fruits either way. But the question is, what kind of fruit are we going to get? And I love the example that Pastor Matt gave. I didn't have any example, but I love his example about um, these guys in the Survivor, the Survivor show who they were so hungry and they got to a, a tree. I may be saying it wrong. <laughs> they got to this tree that had these beautiful-looking fruits. And um, since they were so hungry, they got the fruits, they ate them, and the fruits tasted good, but afterwards they got so sick. 
And that was a perfect example because sometimes the, look may, the fruit may look bad and immediately you recognize that it's not of God. But other times we do things assuming that it looks good and every, everything seems to be working out and we assume that it's the will of God. But the truth is that if it's not of God, that fruit will look good. It will taste good, but it's going to be toxic. Yeah, the results will be, will be bad and you will deal with the consequences either even months to come, years to come, or I don't know, even maybe people after your generation will still deal with the consequences of it. It's easy to do good works and mistake it for God's leading if we don't have intimacy with God. Jeremiah 17.9 warns us that the heart is the most deceitful of all things. We can, we can easily deceive ourselves about motives, and that's why we need to seek God honestly. Seek God honestly, study his word daily, pray, talk to him on a daily basis, and, and let, him, let him search your heart. Let him reveal those things inside of you that are not pleasing to him, and let him order your steps. The word of God is a designer of thoughts and intents of the heart. So let us, let us seek God. First Thessalonians 2, 4 says, Our purpose is to please God, not people, because he alone examines the motives of our hearts. So Hebrew 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. So well then, verse 31, So well then, if we emphasize faith, does this mean that we can forget about the law? Of course not. In fact, only when we do have faith do we truly fulfill the law. Just because you are saved doesn't mean that you're free to do whatever pleases you now. It is still very important to obey the commands of God. Actually, even more so important to obey those commands. It is now that we have faith in the power of the Holy Spirit within us that, that we have a desire to obey God's commands. And it becomes that I get to obey God, not I have to obey God. It's no longer just a ticket to go to heaven. It's now a desire inside of us. Galatians 3, 23 to 25 says, But before faith came, we were kept under the law by God. By, sorry. Before faith came, we, we were kept under guard by the law. Kept for, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Therefore, the law was, was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under our tutor. Now that, now that we have faith through Christ Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit who empowers us to live a life of obedience to God. God doesn't want obedience that's will-powered. He wants obedience that's spirit-powered. I love Galatians 2.20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That scripture to me is a reminder that when I, when I chose to give my life to Christ, I chose to die. I chose to, to die and let God take over my life. The Holy Spirit will guide us and direct us only if only if we surrender to him. He gives us the will and the power to do, to do what he asks of us and, he, and to live a life that is pleasing to him. Galatians 3.3 3, 3 says, Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Romans 8.14, for, for as many are led by the spirit of God, these are sons of God. Galatians 5.16 says, Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Galatians 5.25, 
If we live in the Spirit, let us walk also in the Spirit. Our lives should have fruits produced by the Spirit, not fruits produced by our own willpower. Fruits of the Spirit will always be evident if we, if we rely on the Holy Spirit, but fruits of our own willpower will be temporary and they won't be effective. John 15, 4 says, Abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in, in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. We have a lot of examples in the Bible of, of people who have been led by their own willpower and people who have trusted God and walked in faith. And there's a lot of examples. You have to go read them. But I chose one, and uh, I, the one that uh, God gave me was Abraham and Sarah. When, uh, when they were promised a son, they, they thought they, after, after waiting for quite a bit, they thought God was taking too long. And so they, they took it upon themselves and did it their own way, where um, the fruit of it was Ishmael. To this day, we are still, we are still, we are still paying the fruits of it. People in Afghanistan right now are suffering because of that fruit of Ishmael. And then um, later on, they waited upon God, and God gave them Isaac. So Isaac was born of the fulfillment of a promise. Through faith, they got Isaac. Ishmael was born from human effort. So I don't know what, what things you're, you're doing right now or what hard choices you're having to make right now. But you have to think about what kind of fruits you're going to get. Are they going to be fruits of faith or fruits of your own willpower? Good. When you get time, go read Kings, the book of First uh, Kings and Second Kings, and you will see a lot of examples of kings who walked by faith and kings who walked um, through their own human effort. And the differences are huge. God will always, God, God's will will always prevail. Things may not go as we expect. Actually, many times they won't go as we expect. But if we walk by faith and not by sight, he will always guide us. We have to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. Trust that God's plans for us are great. It may, look, it may not look like it or even feel like it, but he is still God and he's still faithful and he's still in control. And I know right now a lot of us are going through a lot of things Everybody, everybody who's a Christian is going through a lot right now. The things that we are seeing on the news right now are horrible. And it is so easy to act out of our own willpower through fear. But this is the time that our faith is being tested. And we need to walk by faith. Isaiah 55, 8-9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I love this scripture, and this is one of the scriptures I go to every time when things are hard. I I remind myself that my ways are not his ways. The way I'm expecting things to happen is not how God is planning on doing them. And the results may not even, I I will get to the result at some point, but it's not going to come how I'm expecting to how I'm expecting it, because the ways of God and his thoughts are way higher than my thoughts. Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Romans 8:28. And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. 
So just remember, even in the darkest of times, trust God because his plans will always prevail. It may not look like it. You may look around you and things look horrible, but his plans will always prevail. Live by faith. Let the spirit lead you. Don't act out of your own willpower. Don't let the flesh lead you. Faith, willpower, there will be a fruit. The question is, what kind of fruit are you going to get? So I'm going to read a scripture that shows us the fruits of the spirit and fruits of the flesh. And that's Galatians 5, 16 to 25. And it says, I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these, these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, and the like, (laughs) of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of of heaven. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So what kind of fruits are you producing in your life? This is between you and God. Talk to God. Tell him to show you the fruits that you're producing in your life. Are they fruits of the spirit or are they fruits of the flesh? And my last scripture is Deuteronomy 39. I call heaven and earth as, as witnesses today against you that I have said before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. We all have a choice. It doesn't matter what things look like. It doesn't matter how hard things are. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. We have a choice. And Whatever choice you choose, you will face God someday, and you will have to answer to that. And it's either going to be, well done, good and faithful servant, or it's going to be, sorry, I never knew you. The choice is yours. So I pray that we all choose to walk by faith and not by sight. I pray that we choose life. All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, for speaking to us, God. And I pray that that this word goes deep into our hearts, oh God. And I pray that he he transforms us, Father God, and that he cleanses us, Father God, and causes us to look deep into our heart, Father God. And I pray, Father God, that each one of us chooses to walk by faith, no matter how things are, God, no matter how difficult things are, God. I pray that we choose to walk by faith, Father God, so that one day we will all get to heaven and hear you say, well done, good and faithful servants. Lord, we thank you for tonight. We ask you to lead us and guide us and direct us in everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we want to thank you so much for being online with us today. I want to remind you, if you're not a follower on Facebook, please like our page on YouTube. Please subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. Tell all your friends. Continue to watch online. We thank you for watching. We love you so much. Have a great day.